got friends, only wanna talk business. I got expensive, cause winning's expensive. I got expensive, cause winning's expensive. I've been reading all the work. And welcome to Put That Coffee Down, the Freight Sales Podcast and TV show. I'm Kevin Hill. Here's Richie Daigle talking about sales. How are you doing, Richie? Doing well, Kevin. How are you? I am doing good as well. And uh, we were talking about just right before we were doing this, stability. Stability. I think yeah. it's, it's crucial, especially when you're in a, a volatile sales role. And uh, if you feel like you're on a roller coaster... Be aware of that feeling and, and start thinking about ways that you can start to flatten that roller coaster or make it uh, not not so extreme of ups and downs. You're going to be more resilient that way. Yeah, we had a good analogy. You know, what, why aren't roller coasters at Six Flags or Disneyland or Disney World or amusement parks? Why aren't those six-hour rides? Why, yeah. why, why not, Richie? There's probably business reasons, but one of those business reasons is cleaning up that much puke would be a major, <laughs> majorly inefficient process. Uh, but yeah, you know, there's a reason why the, the roller coasters are great fun for two to three minutes. Uh, but, you know, putting me on six hours of loop-de-loops and ups and downs is, does not sound enjoyable. Um, yeah, I think a lot goes for those kind of crazy sales roles that might be super exciting while you're in that initial phase, but mm-hmm. it can quickly lead to burnout, you know? They, they can, right? You have to, to slow down that volatility. You, you have to, to have stability in, in your sales game, and certainly that's what we'll be talking about today. We have Lee Salsa, uh, who's been on a, a few times here at Pit That Coffee Down, and he's coming back on to talk about sell different about sales differentiation he uh his, his new book came out uh three or four weeks ago sell different uh sales differentiation is his uh original book so this is the follow-up and it is all about differentiating yourself in sales so part of taking out the volatility is certainly activity based it is making those calls it is uh you know prospecting uh like, like there's no tomorrow but there's also differentiation that's when to you, know, you open up the door, you get in the sales process, you really have to differentiate your product, your company, your service, and really how you sell. Because that's mm-hmm. sometimes the only thing you really have control of in the sales process. And to differentiate yourself is how you sell. And that's yeah. very much uh, very much truth in 3PL, freight brokers, trucking, think about other things, insurance, real estate, mm-hmm. kind of those those commoditized type of industries where there's not a lot of difference between but between yourself or, or your product and someone else's product or service. And it's all about how you sell. Yeah. I think you hit the nail on the head with activity, right? Uh, and, you know, you, I go back to chess terminology to a certain extent and you think about, you know, tactics, chess tactics and sales mm-hmm. tactics and then positioning and how to play a positional game and, and sales positioning. And so, the activity that you are that, that you're partaking in, you, know, you might be refining your tactics and your mm-hmm. closing tactics and ways to differentiate yourself and sell differently and so forth, or you may be working on how to position yourself correctly and mm-hmm. make sure that you're in the right place at the right time and try to increase the odds of having that good timing uh, with getting in the door. So there's a lot of things that you can do, and I think that type of activity, whether you're thinking tactically or positionally, um, can help to take out some of those big ups and downs that you might be experiencing during the during the whole life cycle of a sale. 
agree totally. And without further ado, let's just bring Lee on the show right now and get the party started here on Put That Coffee Down. Lee, thank you again for, for joining us today. It's always a pleasure thank to see you. you. I'm, yeah. I'm ready to party, man. <laughs> uh, well, let's do it. Let's get this party started. Uh, what I am going to do is, is, you know, as part of your book, it's a, it's a great topic. And I'm going to open it up with, does price really matter? Nah. Nah, right? <laughs> it doesn't really matter. You know, it really depends. You know, it's interesting. When I talk with salespeople, they get so frustrated about price. I ask them to take a step back and say, tell me about your, your target client. And a lot of times they'll say, well, I have an ideal client profile. And I'll say, well, that's not a target client profile. And they'll say, well, what's the difference? Well, a target client profile says this is the business to pursue all day long. This is who's going to see value in what we're offering. Ideal client is if all the stars were to align, we'd love to have that type of business. So when you have clarity on target client and you understand this is who's going to see value in what we offer, that really helps to neutralize the, the price issue because you understand that there's an alignment between the issues you address, the way you address them, and the audience that's going to be receptive to that. So we look at, at this price issue, there's a lot of ways to, to slice that. But one of the biggest ones, when someone says, oh, I lost due to price, I'll ask them, were you really in the game? Were you really in the game? Because if this was someone, let's say your target, and you're dealing with a Walmart buyer, they're never going to buy from you. So why waste our time? You didn't lose on price. You never should have been in that game. Yeah, I think that that's one of the things that the, the, uh, a lot of sales coaches, uh, and it's just really sales best practice, is, is to be talking to the, the people who are interested. So when, whenever I was doing my own company, I had the law of diffusion, the, the, the bell curve with the, the innovators and early adopters and what, early majority and then late adopters. And we really got into the practice of identifying who we're talking to and classifying in those type of buckets, right? Because if you have late adopters and you know they're late adopters, you're not in the ball game whatsoever and you shouldn't waste too much, too much time, you know? Figure out where they are on that spectrum and act accordingly, really. And by the way, if, if our listeners don't have a target client profile, I, I assume they like free stuff, right? I mean, who doesn't like free stuff? If you go to targetclientprofile.com, you can actually download a worksheet and create that for yourself. Awesome. And what was that address again, Lee? Targetclientprofile.com. Awesome. That is, that is cool. You know, when I, when I read this question, does price really matter? I go back to baseball thinking, and it makes me think of another question. Does the velocity of a pitcher's fastball really matter? <laughs> does it? And I think it's the same thing, right? Like, sure, if you can throw 101, that helps. It's hard to time that. But the reason, what's the core, the crux of the issue is timing. And it's hard to time velocity. Right, but that's not the only way to throw off a, a hitter's timing. You can have a great changeup. You can mix speeds. You can hit locations. You can read a hitter. Well, I, I don't think Greg Maddox was throwing a hundred miles an hour. No, that was an was thinking of too. <laughs> yeah, I don't yeah. think he ever touched ninety. No, <laughs> that's a great. Yeah, they would. You know, that's a perfect example, mm -hmm. right? And so, if you have a hundred and one mile an hour fastball, that's like having the low, 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 low price, right? It, it betters your odds. It betters your chances. 
but that's just because you're practically giving it away. If you're able to hit your spots, change speeds, read your, read your hitter, mm-hmm. develop value, explain value, define benefits, have benefits minus cost equals value and have all those components well-defined, then it becomes less of an issue, you know, right? Because if you can- I, I actually if, thought you were gonna go down a different path. I thought when you were talking <laughs> about baseball, if price really matters, the place where everyone would want to sit is in the upper deck in those last rows because they're the cheapest. Yeah, that's true. The car we would drive to the game would be the cheapest car we could find, and we'd be wearing the cheapest clothes we could possibly get. And we just wouldn't Nobody need it at the ballpark. We wouldn't need it at the ballpark at all, right? Uh, <laughs> we, no, we wouldn't. You have to take a loan eat at the ballpark. Are you kidding me? <laughs> but it's the value. And, and here's what we have to recognize in sales is, the ownership of helping someone to recognize meaningful value is on us. That's the burden that's on us is to lead them down the path to help them to see that. Now, in the case of a, of a baseball game and looking at the seats, the value is obvious. I personally would rather watch the game on television than to sit in the upper deck. Other people, they're, they're fine with that. But it's our responsibility when we're selling to help someone recognize meaningful value. Notice I've said meaningful a couple of times. It's not just value, it's meaningful. And how do we understand meaningful? That's understanding who we're interacting with because what's meaningful to each person is gonna be different. So again, you, we'll, we'll stick with the baseball metaphor, right? So if you have a family with young kids, the baseball experience you're looking for is very different than if it's just a husband and wife or uh, a young couple going out on a date or a corporate outing, all different. And so if you have one approach, one pitch, if you will, your best, best, best case is hitting the mark one out of all of those scenarios I've given you. We have to tailor it to each individual so that, again, the meaningful value for them becomes tangible and visible. Yeah, you, you, it goes back to the key target market or the, the key, key person that you're reaching out to if you have different personas um, and then you have to, to tailor that for, for each different persona. And you have to identify who you're talking to at, at the right time. Is that the ultimate deal killer in, in certain respects? Not knowing who you're talking to, not being able, because if you don't know who you're talking to, you can't add that meaningful value to the, the, the conversation or to the deal. Yeah, actually, the ultimate deal killer is fear of change. Ah, yes. And this happens, I don't care what you're selling. Fear of change is in every single deal. Now, don't expect someone to say, oh my gosh, I'm afraid to make a decision. That's not going to happen. But when you've heard the expression ghosting, where you've been having these nice conversations and they disappear or they keep stalling and putting off making a decision, those are symptoms of fear of change. And, And here's what's going through their head. You've talked about this wonderful solution and they buy into it. Boy, this sounds great. But they're looking at their current circumstance and they're saying, I can't visualize how I go from what I have today to fully working with these other guys. And by the way, if that transition going from where I am today to working with them fails, someone's going to look for someone to blame, me. And I'm not willing to sign up for that. So we talk about fear of change. There's this old joke, and maybe you've heard it. This man's on his deathbed. And just before he dies, the devil comes to see him. He says, you know, I, I, you, I think you've heard some uh, bad things about where I'm from. I want you to take a trip with me. So the man does, goes to hell. The food is amazing. The weather is gorgeous. 
The man says, you're right, you got a bad rap. This is where I'm going to come when I pass away. So the next morning, the man dies, goes to hell, just as he requested, only it's not the way it was the day before. Food's awful, the weather's terrible, and he tracks down the devil. He says, I don't understand. Yesterday, the food was wonderful. The weather was amazing. What happened? He said, well, yesterday you were a prospect. Have you ever heard that one? I, I, I have, right? And it's, uh, it's, it's, yeah. it happens all the time. I, it really it does. In the, in the sales world, you know, uh, wine and dine and romance. And then once you sign on the dotted line, real life sets in. And that's the importance of making sure that the sale is not the finish line, right? Like, like that's your, you, yeah. you got to be thinking that the, or the, the goal, the, the sale of the gold line, like you got to be thinking way past that. You have right? to think that, that every finish line is nothing more than a, another starting line. Right. Right. Exactly. I mean, there, there is no finish line There's, in life or sales or, or anything. It's that infinite mindset that Simon Sinek talks a lot about as well, that mm -hmm. you're just constantly evolving and, and nothing is ever finite and ending and, and final. Right. It's just constant adapt, you know, adoption mm -hmm. and getting better and going forward. And that little story about unscrupulous salespeople is why fear of change is stronger than ever. Right. We know people fundamentally don't trust salespeople. So you're telling me this glorious story of how wonderful it's going to be working with your company, and I'm not seeing how I even get there. So what's missing in so many companies, big and small, is productizing client onboarding. Well, what does that mean? Well, there is a process. There is a way that you bring new clients into your organization. And operations knows it. They do it every day. But what's missing is productizing it. What mm -hmm. I mean by that is, just like the products and services that you offer, that you've developed a one-pager, perhaps a section on your website that you can share with someone and show them how they go from where they are today to working with you, to give them the confidence that they need to make a change to switching to you. Now, some people say, well, can't I just talk about it? Sure you can. But two out of three people in our society are visual learners. So if you only talk about it, you're going to miss two out of three times. Not a very good batting average. So when we say productize it, I'm talking about we take one page, we lay out the phases of that transition. Not all the intimate details. You're not creating a Gantt chart or a detailed process flow, but high-level phases that shows them how they go from where they are to where they want to be with you. <clears throat> and if you do that, that's going to give them the confidence they need to turn their keys and say, yes, now I see how I get the benefits of working with your organization. I see how we can get there. The roadmap, right? It's a roadmap. And the, the strange thing about the roadmap is I, you, you can sit here and look at it. And so it was just a roadmap. But now I start wondering how many companies even have a roadmap, right? So if, if all it takes is a roadmap to beat out 99% of, of the rest of the salespeople and companies out there, then it's a very powerful tool just to, to have a very simple yeah. one page. You know, it should be, should be standard operating procedures for, for every single company and every single salesperson to onboard new clients. But I would imagine maybe 90, 90%, 95%, 99 what, what do you think, Lee, that, that don't even think about this? I, I agreed with your first number of 99% plus. Big guys, small guys, they don't have it. And here's the beauty of this. If you're a little guy, you could put this together, makes you look like a big guy. Yeah. Right? You say, yeah. how do I beat the big guy? Give people confidence that you've got a plan, that you have a way to take them from where they are today to working with our organization. 
it's all about expectation setting, right? You're managing, I mean, and that's sales, that's customer service. Uh, I mean, the whole thing comes down to managing expectations. And, mm -hmm. and if you can do that well, and if you can set those expectations for onboarding, then you're, you're, you're removing a lot of that doubt and uncertainty. And I'm not sure how to get from point A to point B. So it's, uh, yeah. FUD is what they call it. Fear, uncertainty, and doubt. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. Exactly. So yeah, it's all about the management, managing expectations. I like we, it. And we got to give people confidence that when they select us, things are going to go well. And when we show that we have a plan, a plan that we've delivered upon countless times, they'll have the confidence to switch to us. And by the way, there's a chapter dedicated in Sell Different and how to put this together in your organization. What's the most important thing on that roadmap? What's the, the key thing that you can't, you really have to start with? It's number one, you cannot leave it out or everything just falls apart. The initial handshake, right? I mean, how often have you heard sales sells something and then operations is going, no, what do I do with this? <laughs> so we have to show that initial handoff where there's, I call it the kickoff phase where all the information is going to be shared. We all get on the same page. We know exactly what this project is going to be. So we know what the target is that we have to hit. Super important. But I'm going to, you asked me for one, I got to give you two. And that's the end, which is the survey or getting feedback on the experience so that you can make it better next time. And if we have that commitment to continually improving, continually making it better, then as we bring new clients in, It'll probably happen faster. They'll be even more delighted, which leads to more referrals, serving as a reference, and more profitable growth. And it, it probably smooth lines the, 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 the final objections that, that we all get in sales. If you don't have a roadmap, you're going to have a lot of objections or, or questions, concerns, however you want to, to coin the term. And that's, that's part of it, so that fear and uncertainty uh, of the future where you have a roadmap, it, it probably eliminates half, three quarters, 99%, who knows, of, of those final objections. That's what they articulate. Are just uncertainty. Those are the ones that they tell you. Yes. There's all the other ones that they don't tell you, but the behavior speaks to, I'm not comfortable. Mm -hmm. And if they're not comfortable, they don't turn their key. I mean, who wants to jeopardize their career because they decided to switch providers or outsource something that hasn't been outsourced before? They put their neck on the line and aren't fully confident that this is all going to work. They're not going to do it. Why take the risk? Yep. And there's real risk and change. There right? is. I mean, that, that's probably the, the number one objection that, that, that is really something that's never articulated quite well enough. And salespeople just kind of ignore or gloss over. They, 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 they don't want to address it either. Is that, that risk to, to, to change of things going south, of, that, uh, of this, this major purchase not showing the ROI or maybe costing money in the, in the long run? Putting people back, you know, making you look like a fool for uh, for suggesting it and recommending it. I mean, that's that's really when it comes all down to it. That's the the real objection, the real fear of uh, of signing any paper. I think a lot of salespeople are even, you know, quick to not give that the respect that it deserves. I know what my product can do. I know what the potential is. I know what the solution is. It's going to be good. It's going to be you're fine, and, and they're. Yeah, they just charge into it and they don't take time to listen and really hear people's objections, especially when it's that objection. I think if people just mm -hmm. feel heard and respected, 
uh, that that can diffuse a lot of that tension. And the strategy behind it is we want to be proactive. So just like with your product, you don't sit there and wait for someone to say, hey, tell me about this product, right? We're going to be proactive. We're going to position it. And there's a great deal test question that really tells you where you stand in the deal. So let's say you've been getting buying signs. It feels like they want to work with you. They want to work with you. Okay, great. You get to this particular milestone and say, I know one of the big concerns on your mind, because it's on the minds of all of my prospective clients is, how do I go from what I'm doing today to working with us? And we have a defined client onboarding experience that makes sure that transition happens seamlessly and smoothly. Would you like me to walk you through that? If they say no, red lights should be flashing, right? Red flags are popping out. Your deal's in trouble. Why wouldn't they want to know if they're genuinely interested mm -hmm. in your solution? If they say yes, great. That's your opportunity to bring out the document, walk them through the phases, and strengthen that deal. But that is such a great milestone question to see just how far along you truly are. You're exactly right. And, and, and product sizing, client onboarding is the key. That's what we've been talking about. Uh, we're running short on time right now. Lee, thank you so much for, uh, for coming back on, put that coffee down. Where can um, our viewers go out and buy either Sell Different, your new book, or your original book, Sales Differentiation? Well, both books are available on Amazon. Uh, if you go to selldifferencebook.com, you can download the first chapter for free. And if you buy a copy of the book, wherever you buy it, go back to selldifferentbook.com because there's all kinds of bonuses that you get as well. Thank you. Thank you. Always a pleasure, Lee. Thank you for, for coming. Always out. fun. Thanks so much for having me back. You bet. So, Richie, client onboarding, client onboarding, product size. Oh, it's great, you know, because now you're looking beyond signing the deal. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah, yeah, you're putting the focus, you're assuming that the deal is going to close and you're going through next steps. And now you're getting that client to, to go into that mindset as well. And uh, that's, that's what it's all about. The sell is, is just one step towards a mm -hmm. long-term relationship. Just one step, definitely. Well, let's talk about Sonar. Let's talk about the Charlie Re Week real quick here and see what's going on in the freight markets. So I think that this is uh, holds true for a lot of markets right now, uh, especially what we're seeing with capacity all across the country. We're seeing freight, you know, and markets, you know, kind of tighten and loosen in these big waves, and uh, that's what you know. Memphis right now, boom, you know, it was super tight not very long ago. It loosened up for a week or two, and then bam, capacity is uh, for drive-in is, is super tight again. So I think that monitoring and getting out ahead and having insight into these big waves of capacity shifts is, is huge for being able to navigate things, right? You need to understand what, what are things looking like today uh, and be able to make more informed decisions based off that information. What, what's the score at right now? It's, uh, it's right at 100. So this, right is, this is as tight as capacity can get on a scale of 1 to 100 for drive-in in Memphis right now. And that means if you're, you know, a shipper, you know, push out those lead times. Uh, if you're a broker, cover those loads ASAP. Um, and, you know, if you're a carrier and you have assets in the area, that's a, you know, target rich environment. Is, <laughs> that's a, there's a lot of opportunities. Uh, there is a lot of opportunities and, and that, is, that is a roller coaster. And that's, yes. that's the reason why, uh, Supply chain is is hitting the mainstream. Is the reason why as 
closer we get to the holiday season, there'll be more and more talk about what's on the shelves, what's not on the shelves, because that has been a roller coaster now, high volatility for over a year. Mm-hmm. You know, 15, 16, we were getting to a year and a half or more with no end in sight, and it's, it's stressing a lot of people out. It is, uh, it, it is something that is causing inflation, which is, uh, you know, right at the core of the economy. So it's something interesting to, to see. And if you want uh, to learn more about Sonar or talk about Sonar, Richie Daigle on LinkedIn or rdaigle at FreightWaves.com. You can reach me at Kevin Hill on LinkedIn. So just reach out. If you have any questions, just do that. And we will catch you next week on our next episode, uh, put that coffee down, and we'll have Omar Singh with Surge Transportation. I got friends only want to talk business. I got expensive, because wind is expensive. I got expensive, because wind is expensive. I've been reading all the water. And I've been shutting down the stars.